Welcome to Double Burst, a podcast about Dice Masters. We are a group of Utah players that want to bring you the latest Dice Masters news, strategies, tips, and more. Whether you're a new or seasoned player, we hope this show has something for you. I'm KT Data, one of your hosts, and welcome to episode 28. In this episode, we'll be talking about using the prep area, our 11th card, the Millennium Puzzle, and we wrap it all up with a roundtable on Ratadat, Super Rare Captain Useless. Before we get into all that, a quick WizKids Rule Forum update. Okay, guys, uh, normally this segment we would have Dr. J in, but apparently he's busy traveling in a blue box or something. I, I don't know. He, he just said, I'll be back in timey-wimey. So we have a king to replace a doctor for now. How you doing, Russ? Today we are going to be doing a rules forum update. Good. Yep. Glad to be here, Dr. J. And I usually <coughs> may not see eye to eye on all rulings. <laughs> Which uh, leads to lively discussions that um, I edit out because you guys don't want to be here for three days. Um, but the WizKids rule forum, um, as usual, they do tend to post. I, I do enjoy that they're getting a little more regular in terms of posting updates. Um, it may not be in the quantity that some people want, but I'm, I'm, I appreciate that they're actually actively trying to answer at least one question or so every week. Yeah, it's been nice. They, they've definitely been out about once a week, even if it's one or two. tends to seem to open up more questions a lot of times, but yeah. that's good. But it's good. So we only have one update in the rules forum, and if you guys don't know where to find the rules forum, it's win.wizkids.com forward slash bb. Um, this one is, I, I, it's pretty timely and I, I, I actually do like them trying to answer these questions about new keywords. So it's about the deadly keyword and using the basic action card invulnerability. So invulnerability, um, it says characters that attacking characters that are knocked out this turn are returned to the field. Um, and so the question is, how does that work with deadly? The actual question, and it's a little bit long one cause I, I actually like how they space this out because it has alternatives that they can pick. Um, so he put, if I play invulnerability and attack and my opponent blocks with blocks one of my characters with a character with deadly, what happens to the character? And it gives you these four choices. A, if the character is KO'd by combat damage, invulnerability triggers after the combat damage is assigned and then returns the character to the field. Then at the end of the turn, deadly triggers and KOs the characters. A, number two, if the character is KO'd by combat damage, invulnerability triggers after the combat damage is assigned and then returns to the field. Because the character was returned to the field, it is no longer under the effect of deadly, and it doesn't consider doesn't trigger a KO. The reasoning is when the character was KO'd, it went to the prep area, then invulnerability moved it from the prep area back to the field, so it was no longer engaged with the character with deadly for deadly to trigger. B, if the character is not KO'd by combat damage, deadly triggers at the end of the turn, then because the character attacked, invulnerability triggers and returns character returns the characters that were KO'd by deadly to the field. Or B, because the character was not attacking when de- when deadly triggered. Um, example, if it was in cleanup and not in attack step, invulnerability wouldn't trigger as the um, requisite of attacking characters was met, so the character would be KO'd at the end of the turn. Um, and they came back and answered, your assessment that the characters are no longer attacking at the end of the turn when deadly um, would KO them is correct. So they're going with answer A2, I believe, um, if I read that right. Yeah, it was just a matter of of timing since deadly says at the end of turn which mm-hmm. i think is an important uh timing question in this i think the question helps us understand okay deadly happens at the end of the turn but if i'm not engaged at the end of the turn then i'm not gonna yeah and i i do like kind of them using it to kind of illustrate a little bit of this cleansing effect that you see when a character is ko'd um, because that second one he left the field so 
now that it's off the field, it's not considered engaged anymore, and it, all the effects have been taken off. So hopefully that that will help some timing questions later on when people are like, "What happens when this, right. this happens?" Right, and it is, and it is important to understand that it was cleared. So if I just blink a character back, at least as far as we understand it now, if I just blink a character back, it still has that deadly attached yeah, to it. Yeah, because it, it so was in, previously it was engaged, engaged um, right? But when it gets KO'd and kind of wiped clean and then brought back, that's that's a little bit different based on this ruling. Yeah. Yeah, they also answered two other questions, and I think one of this may have added a little was a little too ambiguous and may arise some more questions. But they also put to address some other similar concerns about deadly. Number one, a character with iron will that hadn't taken damage wouldn't be KO'd by deadly, and number two, a character with regenerate would still be rerolled when KO'd by deadly. So. Number two, I think that makes sense. It also still adds to our questions of is regenerate a KO replacement or does the KO count as a KO or there's a couple questions about regenerate. I'm, um, I'm going with especially the way I play because this will open up so many questions <laughs> that regenerate just replaces KO. Mm-hmm. If they have a rule that regenerate doesn't replace KO, my whole world will open and I'll have like mm-hmm. or, 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 amazing or, dreams yeah. of what I could do, but... Right now, I think that's good. Timing just doesn't work on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And then, so th- it's this number one that I think they answered. They answered it to an extent, but I really think it left a little bit of ambiguity, ambiguity on how Iron Will and Deadly is going to work with each other. Because they said a character with Iron Will that hadn't taken damage wouldn't be KO'd by Deadly. They didn't specifically say what happens if that Deadly character blocked the Iron Will character. Does that damage during the blocking phase count as previously damaged, or is it at the same time as deadly would trigger? Right. So the way I read this right now on the way they've ruled it is that the deadly damage is is like one shot, where before I had kind of thought it was damage and then an ability of mm-hmm. deadly. Yeah, that's that's how I um, used to view it too. So and especially the way they've ruled on Iron Will with the you know you can double block with a sidekick and it'll still KO that dice for uh, eliminating it because the damage hits twice. I, But based on this ruling, at least as we read it now, deadly and damage happens all at once. So it's not I hit my combat damage and then my mm-hmm. ability of deadly would, would not trigger yeah. the knockout because it all happens at once because there is with Iron Will it says cannot be KO'd. So that damage all happens at once, and the the ability of deadly happens at the same time. So, it it would nullify that. Yeah. So, um, we're we're just hoping that the dice masters rule team is not one angry that we didn't get Doctor J in on the segment. We'll get him back next week. Um, and hope you know they clarify this a little bit because I I, I kind of see the intentions of them trying to make this a little bit clearer. But this one just was a little m- muddy, and we're just hoping for a little bit more direction. Yeah, I really like Iron Will. I was excited when it came in the game. Uh, the double blocking has been a little, con- you know, I don't agree with, so I haven't played it as much. But but if that's the rules of the game, I think it works. But I always saw Deadly as like the perfect counter to Iron Will when it mm-hmm. came out. Like, oh, you have an Iron Will character. Well, I have a Deadly character. We're going to cancel each other out. And, and back you're to back at square one. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, KO King, we're going to bring in the Brown Messiah in a second, and we'll be talking about the prep area. All right. Okay, guys, we are back again with the KO King. Welcome. It's only been a couple minutes. And, and the Brown Messiah, gentlemen, how are you guys doing tonight? Uh, doing good. 
Very good. All right. I'm excited about this topic. Yes, this is yes. this is a cool topic. Um, if you guys did not know, the most recent Deadpool set has brought attention to one of the zones that have been on the field ever since day one. But I don't think a lot of us have ever paid attention to it other than to see how many dice are actually in that field. And we that play would, this like mini game of getting all the dice. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it, so it's the prep area. And previous to this, it's like how many times can I PXG my sidekick dice into this mm-hmm. area, right? Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's essentially the extent of the strategy. But now with Back for More, um, it has brought a new, you know, new life to it because it matters what's in, in that zone other than your sidekicks, right? Yeah, uh, there's a lot, like like you just said, with Back for More, um, another way of, it's just another aspect to the game and opens up the board, and there's a lot of cool stuff that I think that you can now do with it. At first, when I first started looking at it, um, I just thought of the prep areas like my ramp, my ramp area, Mm -hmm. and my area that didn't really it doesn't really interact with the whole board you know it just kind of sits there and but now we have all these cool things that we can do with yeah it. and so part of the strategy now has evolved to how can i get stuff there other than using pxg because that's not going to move your characters with back mm-hmm. for more or say you know you have an x23 now you're like how can i maximize what's in there right um so where do you guys want to kick off with so this is area? this is an area of the board i've actually loved and enjoyed to play for a long time <sighs> only you man <laughs> only you <laughs> So no wonder he's the king over there. So when X23 came out, the spoilers, I became really excited because there's a lot of ways to load that prep area up and also play with it. Uh, so back from more was an ability I was really excited for because there's a lot of ways to get your characters over there. And it's not just for ramp. So simply that probably the easiest way to get your characters over there is KOing them. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of shocker. ways. <laughs> there's a what lot a of shocker. there are a lot of ways to KO our characters, and I think, in my opinion, this is why Blue Eyes is such an amazing global. It's that ability with just a bolt to KO your own character and have that control because there's a lot of when KO'd abilities. Mm-hmm. So you pair those together, and I think a lot of new players don't understand the how great Blue Eyes is. I know I didn't. You know, mm. I didn't I, think yeah, I the reduction of cost was that big of a deal. Uh, but I don't actually use it that much for the reduction of cost. If I'm using the reduction of cost as a major benefit, it's usually because I'm buying, buying Blue Eyes himself. Mm-hmm. So, Or one of those crazy Black Lanterns. Yeah. Yeah, those Black Any Lanterns those? that are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so you can KO your characters that way. You can fabricate. That's a way to get up to three if I'm using iron. Uh, the Iron Golem. I can get three of my characters in the prep. Um, I can use Escape Incarceration. As, oh, dude, that works so well. With right. That for more. It's so, really well. you know, if you if you use Escape Incarceration, that's a, a basic action that allows you to move a character. But if I blue eyes a character, I can then move two more. So if I'm looking at, say, an X-23, that's three dice that are over in my prep area. Mm-hmm. You know, and two of them can be characters which can give me plus eight attack just on those two dice right? if I roll right. Yeah, I also think it balances out deadly a little bit because I, I, rem- I was playing that Miguel O'Hara team with the rare Miguel O'Hara, which has the back from where you deal one damage when re- KO'd. So for me, if I'm playing against a, car- a person who's only fielding blockers that have deadly, I'm like, sure, I'm going to attack. Sure. What, what are they going to do? They're gonna, are they going to KO him or are they going to let him through? Either way, it's win-win in my situation. Either way, yeah, you just you just keep on loading it all up there yeah. in, in the prep area. It's you, I think we need to look at the prep area as 
as a player, almost as an extended field zone. I know there's a hesitation to think of this as just just ramp, but if I look at what I can do with that prep area um, and how I can also use that prep area against my opponent, which we'll talk about some of those cards and abilities, it really extends the board because a lot of players only focus on what's in their used and what's in their field. Sometimes only what's in their field. Right. Yeah. So if you can evolve as a player and understand all three areas and how to use them to your advantage, like if you have a Miguel O'Hara, block with him, he, especially if I have a deadly character because he has fast, I block, possibly knock out their character, then they knock out mine, and when I roll on the next turn, I'm going to deal one damage. So it becomes this ability to keep using mm-hmm. the bag for more or other abilities because I'm using that other yeah, zone. Just, just kind of like how bag manip- manipulation, if a very skilled player will know how to manipulate their bag to make it to draw whatever they need or to have what they need at the right time. Um, I, I think the prep area has, it's, you're extending that. How are you going to manipulate the prep, prep area to have what you need? And on your next turn. And I think I think just more and more as the game comes out, we'll see more of these things that allow you to uh, interact with the, with the prep area in that in, in that uh, regard. So like maybe I mean there are already some things right now and that came out with Deadpool. It's like if there's this many dice in your in your prep area, you got to do this. You know, what would be kind of cool at some point? Would you see uh, an affiliated character? Like if you have a character Ooh. in the field that's affiliated with something in your you prep know, area, they, they should do that something. with the lanterns first. Yes. Yeah. They actually have that with uh, Deadpool affiliation. If Domino is in the field and there's another Deadpool affiliated, Mm -hmm. she can block two. So, you know, I haven't really had time to sit there and and figure out my best Deadpool affiliated team, but there's some that roll and give a buff, right? So if Mm -hmm. my, I think it's Dogpool, is in my prep, I get a block two with Domino and when I roll dog pull back in, I think I can get plus one to a Deadpool affiliation. Mm-hmm. So it's this idea of connecting all the abilities more than just connecting when they're in their field or when I draw them. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of fun things you can do with that. There's a lot of ways to get dice into your prep area. Um, with basic actions, I know we talk about like resurrection or villainous plot. Those are great for back Nasty for more. Plot. Nasty plot. Yeah, Nasty plot. <laughs> I think you were thinking about Vilna's, Vilna's, Vilna's Pact Vilna's also. Vilna's Pact, yeah. <laughs> Vilna's Pact, those globals allow you to prep, which, you know, if your bag's empty or, you know, if you have everything in transition and you buy a die, like a Miguel O'Hare, and I use a shield, that's the one dice that goes to my prep mm-hmm. area. So that's one damage. So it's not just like I always want to just do it, do one damage, mm-hmm. but if I can chalkboard something over... And just start chiseling away with simple damage. It's a it's a great way to do it. Yeah. So so we've kind of talked about a little bit of our the newer toys and Deadpool mm-hmm. and stuff. So how about we take a look back at some of the older things that we may have not been looking prior to this on and how to actually load up our prep area in terms of character abilities or cards. I think the obvious one Russ just mentioned was was chalkboard. Yeah. Um, yeah. If we're looking back at that one there. Um, I know that I was using the rare Mr. Freeze from World's Finest, and I thought I thought that was a really really cool way to interact with the prep. Yeah, that's such a painful like, counter. It, it it's really it really really is annoying, especially when you have like especially if you're playing against somebody who has like a max one die. You know if they're if you know if they have a Z mags and 
I can and I can KO it with that freeze out. He's gonna stay in that prep area forever. See now, I think with the lockjaw timing ruling mm-hmm. that that will kind of freeze it for a turn. Mister Freeze is that much better, right? Because then I can name it on your turn. It's gonna stay there, or and then it comes back to me. I can freeze it, so it gives me another window to freeze that die. There's a lot of manipulation that I can do as the offensive player with my opponent's prepper. And that's, that's why I like the expansion of, of the board. Yeah, it's great for me, but it's also great to have this different interaction with my opponent, uh, whether it it's, ends up being bad for me or not. Um, it's something that I've used even in on competitive teams in the past. And now this just opens it up more. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I love, so you, you may be listening to this. So, okay, that makes sense if I'm the person who needs to kind of use an ability such as a back for more and stuff for my prep era. But I also think you should pay attention to it as a defender because of Russ's new favorite card, X-23. And like, how do you, how, so if you're sitting across from an X-23, how do you just, how do you combat that? Because if you're, say, PXGing, you're only helping your opponent at that point. So... There's interesting timing with X-23 as I begin to play with it. I think it's a great way to counter PXG in the sense that you pass priority. If they pass it back, and I'll, what I'll usually do is I'll do the math. If I can get lethal, I'll, I'll just go for it and have fun with it. Nathan and I did that the other day. It was a lot of fun. If I don't have lethal, I pass turn, they can't PXG. If I attack, they could PXG after. So the way I've been loading it up is I'll use Iron Fist, uh, Fabricate. So when I Fabricate Iron Fist, I get to bring Clay Golem over. That gives me three dice. Plus, Blue-Izing a Sidekick, especially if their field is empty, Blue-Izing a Sidekick can give me plus two as opposed to the plus one if I just keep them in the field. So my goal is to get as much over as I can, and then I've been using... Uh, the Batman that you use on your uh, bat team. Uh, Vigilante Justice. Vigilante Justice. I found that to be faster than... Talisman. Talisman. So I buy Vigilante Justice pretty early in the game. Remind us that, what that one does again. When when KO, when a character of mine is KO'd, I can KO a target character of my opponent. A non-Batman character. character okay. I'm just going to play Batman teams against you from now on. <laughs> so I buy that pretty early. In fact, my f- first purchases or... First three, three, two of my first three purchases with my X twenty three team mm-hmm. are uh, Polymorph and Vigilante Justice. Because then I'm, what's happening is I'll KO my sidekick, and then KO something of theirs, and that's a possible if it's just a sidekick for each of us plus four. So oh, wow, and I'm clearing their field. Yeah, uh-huh. it, it's just like double <laughs> bonus for you. And so. I still, I still haven't played against this it's, yet. It's brutal. If you don't have a Batman family character on your team, it's, it's like, yeah, okay, I have my Ronin there to block it. No, he just gets rid of it. So I, <laughs> I think when I played Nathan, I ended up having, like, plus 14 on my attack. Oh, yeah, on your X-20. On, on my X-23. X-23. Uh, I've played games where I've had more. I think I've told you guys the fastest I can do it on or the most damage I can get on turn two if my opponent PXGs is is 14, hmm. which is good because I don't want to play turn two games. But right. there's a lot of things that you can do with this whole get things out. Um, I think Nasty Plot, 
Nasty Plot's one of those weird cards because it doesn't sound as good as gearing up. I don't get to roll the dice this time. Mm -hmm. But now with some of the things out there, it's actually better to keep those two dice. And what's great about it is what people forget is because with Nasty Plot, since it's prepped, you get to roll it twice Twice. instead of once. Right. And how many times have we, like, used the relaxing or superhero registration? Like, dang it, it didn't roll the face I need. Uh Uh-huh. Right. And then, so that's a way to load it. Then, along with Iron Fist that does it with Fisk die, don't forget Sangin or Mystical Elf. Um, Good old yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Right. All that being said, there is the negative side, like Mr. Freeze. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember, in my first attack, or controlled by death team, I had Banishment. I think Banishment's an amazing card. Even with when Chalkboard came out, it became one of my favorite actions again because banishment I can take any die from my opponent's prepper and move it mm-hmm. to the yeah that Z mags that you used. just bought and you're ready to field nope it's a, right. it's actually one of the basic actions that I run as well with uh, with the Mr. Freeze because you can freeze something and then depending on what you need if something else comes up you can like okay well I'm going to get rid of that other one and keep that other one yeah if, you, if your homeboy decides to buy two characters that makes yeah. you choose so yeah, you're like I'm going to get rid that. of one of them so I don't have to choose suck it right so what I would do back in the day is I would play uh, I think I had Babs on my team at the time. I would ping my Babs. I'd knock out the character that I wanted to get rid of the most. That character would go to the prep area. Mm-hmm. I would banish it to the use pile and then turn. The next Then turn. I would give turn, yeah. and I had Black Lantern Aquaman oh, out, and that thing has to go oh, back so to the dirty. card. Yeah. So dirty. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, thanks for the six energy I just saw you waste. <laughs> so... I hear you like wasted energy, bro. <laughs> yeah, those kind of things are a lot of fun to do. Yeah. So I think it's important to expand this mm-hmm. and understand, you know, especially as you get to be a more experienced mm-hmm. player, is take something, some ability that takes something to the used pile or the prep area, and how can I expand on that? So you have multiple layers to the abilities that you get. So one of my versions right now that I'm working on, I also have black. Black Adam on my team, and that Lockjaw. So when I have Lockjaw, is this oh. KO all yeah. those characters? Yeah. Then, oh, yeah, you've been telling me. Yeah, so, do you want to pay a life or do you want to send it back to its card? Yeah, so card. I, so I Lockjaw your characters. This works for longer games, so maybe not so much competitive. Lockjaw your characters, then Black Adam's there. So you have to decide: do you want to KO? Mm-hmm. You know, do you want to pay the one or put it back on the card? And at the same time. I have my little friend X23 in the field that if you don't put it back on the card... She's just going to get bigger. She's going to get buffed. And you just lost one life. So <laughs> so it's like so this it's just catch even 22. More damage yeah. there and there. Right. Yeah. So. I mean, I'd have to say Russ is probably one of the experts in giving your opponents decisions and none of them are good. Yeah. You're really, really good at just like putting yourself between a rock and a hard place. Right. It's like, and I think you can't even do it. I think one great character to put with X23 is... Mary Jane the same way, right? I filled her. I get my X-23 overcrush. Mm-hmm. I blue-wise that X-23 or that uh, Mary Jane. Now I have buff from for her because she's in my prep area. Mm-hmm. Roll it, possibly plus, plus four for that overcrush that gave her. Rinse and repeat next turn. Right. And you just keep on going. Right. And- so anything that has when fielded, like your storms, mm-hmm. um, Anything like that that I can put in the prep area is just gold and, 
you know, I, right now I'm using X23, but it's, it's always been this way. There's great, like vigilante justice. I KO my characters. I get rid of yours. Then I banish your characters or I stuff them in the bag. There's uh, a halfling thief that when I attack, I can take stuff from your uh, prep area and put it in your bag. And there's a few other bag stuffing uh, abilities. So don't just assume that everything that you put in the prep area of your opponents, then it's just going to be rolled again next turn. Mm-hmm. You know, there's lots of fun yeah. manipulation I mean, you, you could, can do. Like, I, I've seen Russ do this where he'll freeze a character like a back for more character. It sits in the used pile for the whole game, you know, and mm-hmm. if it moves, it moves back to its card. That, which, <laughs> you know, is always good. Which at that point yeah. is just a waste of energy. Yeah. Um, so, like, I, I think this is a good discussion on the prep area, and it's just one of those areas that we, I think all of us, Used to take, yeah, whatever. It's just the prep area. And it was just that, like I said earlier, it was just it's just kind of like that dead zone yeah. that didn't really. I have a whole lot to do and didn't really like. W- there wasn't as much interaction, um, mm-hmm. and now, but now with back for more, um, now with X twenty three, there are just, just oh, yeah, there's it, so it, many it, more things that yeah, you can do. It, it opens up just a whole new world mm-hmm. for you. I to think look I at. brought up about a month or two ago with you guys that I I could see them splitting. The KO area. Mm-hmm. You just want the them to name the zone after you, right? It's they should just, just like, call it the Kingdom of KO. Yeah. No, it's just, <laughs> and they kind of did that, and we, I guess, we didn't know it with the ruling, but Lockjaw and uh, and uh, Sheikla, Sheikla now have this weird transition zone in the prep area, right? And I, you know, when that came out, and people were assuming that it was just wrong. It, it makes perfect sense to me. It's another area of the game to expand. Yeah. And can, can we like campaign whiz kids to call it the blackout zone? Because they're because you know they're not conscious yet. They're, they're just right. blacked they're, out. Right. You can't use them. It's definitely expanded the board. I would just encourage all players to start looking at stuff that you can do. There is a lot. Even go back if you go on some of the apps that have all the cards. Just go back and search prep area, and there's a lot of fun yeah, that you, you can. You'd, you'd can be, be surprised. Done. So. Um, so yeah, let us know your experiences with using the prep area of, or if you found something in dealing with the prep area in this kind of new post Deadpool world that, um, is very beneficial. You can shoot us an email, doubleburst at ktdata.net or leave it on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash doubleburst. And learn how fun it is to KO your character. <laughs> yeah. Um, so wait, I, I just leave them in the field, right? I don't <laughs> I just leave the characters in the field, right? Just KO them. Everything. KO uh, everything. So I leave them in the field. Got it. Cool. <laughs> All, right. All right. So we will have both of you gentlemen back for our rat of that, and it's going to be a fun one. Um, but before that, Diego, you and I will be talking about our 11th card. Okay, guys, we are here again with Brown Sai and Steve the Sage. Hey, how's it going? Yo, uh, yo. I'm excited. I always love Steve to be on this segment because he kind of was the inventor of the 11th card so i always i always like it you know when you got the og in the house we've got to have the original man yeah yeah um so today we decided to talk about a card that used to not be an 11th card it used to be kind of a mainline card but um now since we've gotten so many other good cards that it's kind of fallen into the 11th card which is the millennium puzzle the internal dungeon which is uncommon there's only one millennium puzzle in the game it's a five five cost shield with a max die one. Um, max die one, guys. Max die one. Um, Only one. I <laughs> tried to do two. One time. Ma- many a time, I've seen people post pictures of their team and they're like four <laughs> muscles. I'm like, uh, you, dude, you might want to check that number <laughs> <laughs> right there. Um, so this is what a lot of you guys may see. 
um, because it's listed actually on the card. So it says, when rolled, move this to your field. It does not go to your use pile until used. You may discard this die to send one opposing monster to its use, to its use pile. So you kind of get the gist of the ability, but WizKids went, cleared up some of the language, and essentially rewrote the whole thing with the same effect. So this is what the official text should be on the card. It says, continuous, you may move this die to your use pile to send one opposing monster to the use pile. And in parentheses, it says, you may use this ability when you may play a global ability. This die stays fielded until used. So it essentially says the same thing, but... I think just it's a little clearer. The, the, yeah. the language they, worked out they a lot br- better. Yeah, they bring up the language up to a little bit more, like with the whole continuous thing there. Yeah. Because originally, when it first came out, there was no continuous keyword. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, why is this an eleventh card? Well, a, a lot of other cards have replaced it. Mm-hmm. This used to be the default board clear, right? When yeah. you needed to yeah. get rid of a problem character. If you mm-hmm. yeah, like 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 that Hulk, that's annoying. You know, it's something that it was something that used to combat it. Yeah, and you wouldn't have to damage him, so it doesn't KO anything. Um, and it, it just sat. I, I think this probably was the first continuous die that you saw widespread use because it could just mm-hmm. sit there ready ready to uh, be used. It was a, it was one of those first meta uh, removal actions um, mm-hmm. that you could really, really rely on. Um, I know that it saw a lot of play in the first Worlds in um, 2015. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it's really great. I have used this to great effect a lot of times, and it's, it's saved my it's, bacon a lot. It's still a good card. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a solid card. Um, <laughs> I think the problem is just that, like, like Steve said, there are just there are better replacements for it now, or that now that the especially game at the five cost, better. right? Cause yeah. The, when I first saw this card, I'm like, man, this is good. But it's one and it's five cost. That's what yeah. I and, and that's what I was about to get to is that it's a five cost action and unless you're running something like Thousand Dragon, uh, Red uh, Red Dragon to kind of reduce the cost, it's it can be a little hard to get there and it's a little harder to to you know get utilize it basically. Well, um, well and there's there's other things as well uh, like Dwarf Wizard can blank out a Hulk just as easily mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's three cost. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you there for sure. Um, Another thing that I really liked about this card is, well, I, I mean, I like I said, it's just that card you always want to put in somewhere. And unless I found that it's just really successful on like a lot of action teams. Um, and I don't know what what are your experiences? Well, I, I've never played it, but I've had it played against me a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think now that there's a lot of cards along the uh, Baron Zemo line that when you use an action, you can put it back into your prep area Mm -hmm. that makes this card a lot more playable. Well, you couldn't use it for Baron Zemo since it's used when you move it from the reserve from the, from your um, reserve. Well, I'm just saying there are cards like that, that that Mm -hmm. let you use, you know, when you use something. And this is also one of the very few action dice out there that actually have double energy on it to all its energy spaces. Yeah, on all, uh, you can't spin it down, and I'm really sad about um, that. Yeah, just <laughs> let's not tell Zach about this. He doesn't need more shields. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody tell Zach, please. <laughs> um, so um, why would you put it on the team versus something else? Um, you know, say if, if you wanted to upgrade it from the 11th card to a main, I main think, card. I think that you would want to put it on there because, well, because it doesn't do damage, and on top of that, um, you can remove a character, um, well, like I said, without you doing damage. But it also goes to your use pile. It's an important thing to remember that um, a lot of replacements and cards that have come out w- 
since then, um, usually are KOing them, and they're just going to be rolling them the next turn. That's the thing that I really, really liked about this yeah. card. Like uh, about this yeah, card. Yeah, I also like that since this game right now, and I think it's really, really needed, and probably they'll have it in a couple sets, is there's not consistent action dice removal right now. No, there's no, not. So there's actually, not. It's a, and, that's, and that's another reason why you would want to run it there. Um, great point there that you bring up is unless you're running something like Constantine, uh, Antihero, um, and then a please or something. Yeah, like that. and at that point, you know, you're probably bringing it to counter a lantern ring, probably, or a cold gun. So exactly. there's that tough decision. What do you pick if this card is also on the field? Exactly. Exactly. Um, one of the other things about this is it's very specific. I mean, you just you have to do one character, and in today's meta and, and even in casual play, a lot of uh, decks and teams that people run rely on more than just one. You know, so you might like. Usually, when you're looking for a removal, you kind of want like a board clear. You want yeah. something that's going to. You want more of a mass wipe out. instead of just yeah. taking out one problem character. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. where where I th I think that's a good way to kind of see where the meta has evolved because it used to be just getting that Wolverine out mm -hmm. and attacking Hulk uh, or yeah, the Hulk. or the Hulk out and just going mm -hmm. straight through. Um, now it's more you got to deal with more of these tiny swarmy type characters to get rid of. Oh yeah, yeah it's yeah. and it's a lot and yeah, like you said, there a lot of teams now are just are all about um, swarming these having these huge lines, you know, the front line, th things like that, Bard, things like that, where you want all these smaller characters on the field. Where with puzzle, you can only get rid of that one problem character. You could get rid of the Bard. You can get rid of you know, it, but it's just one. You know, you only have that stipulation of one. Um, so that that's 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 the problem that I've seen with it right now. Uh, still a great card. I still mm -hmm. love it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I still I still like it too. Yeah. I, I I think it's it's got a, a great ability. And can I say it's one of the best like iconography on the dice? Yeah. yeah. I think like, it looks great. It, like it looks exactly like the one in the anime. And I'm just like, dang, they got they got they got a lot of detail into one small. <laughs> yeah, I think this is actually like one of the better looking dice for sure. Um, and it just. And I, mine always roll perfectly, so I don't... Don't talk to me about mind. rolling. <laughs> Nothing rolls perfectly. This this is a world where everything rolls energy and only energy, and you buy your entire team, and then you just beat your opponent by attacking with sidekicks the whole game. Tell us how you really feel, KT. <laughs> I'm just telling you my experience in Dice Masters. <laughs> oh, <geez>. um, <laughs> um, I don't know. What else can we say about this, guys? I, I think what we really... What I would really like to see is... I would like to see it come back at some point. Yes. You know, I would like to see that just you know because it's it's a cool card yeah, it's uh, a I'm, fun I'm, card I'm, really. i mean i'm tempted to leave it in the field just to play against russ and his x23 and just oh. go away go away <laughs> go away <laughs> put it away <laughs> i don't need to be hit for 14 damage on turn two yeah. pain <laughs> um so let, let us let, let us know your guys's experience with the millennium puzzle i mean like i said it used to be that one of those meta cards that you had to have on your team and now there's just so many other alternatives. So do you guys still use it? Or tell me why you stopped using it or any kind of unique... Or, or tell us when you do like to use yeah, it. Yeah, or, or those unique situations you do. So, all right, gentlemen, I'm excited. We're going to have an awesome, awesome errata that. Can't wait. Okay, we are back with the whole entire crew. We have the Brown Messiah, Steve the Sage, and the KO King. It is time for our annual or usual errata that. And this one is... One that you may have heard us refer to many a time during other segments, and that is... It's the, only the best super rare yeah, ever. Um, it is, it, it's the oddest super yeah, rare Yeah, it ever. is the super rare Captain Universe Enigma Force, and may I add, this is probably the only card that I start reading 
and I just want to take a nap halfway through. So bear with me, but it, it's a six-cost six There might fist. be many players out there that have never actually read all the way through yeah. the ability on yeah. this card. Yeah, it's a six-cost Fist Avenger with a max of four die. The ability, here we go, when fielded, draw and roll a die. If you roll the character face on an Avenger's die, you may field it immediately, in parentheses, paying all costs. Otherwise, place it in your prep area. Um, yeah, for a six cost, that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, um, you're, you're basically hoping to prep a die. Yeah, because, I mean, she's already pretty expensive to field <laughs> herself. Yeah, I mean, she she's like, what, a one, two, three or something like um, that? Yeah, yeah she, one, two, three. She, her, stats are, her stats are solid, but, like... The Nick Fury from AVX, if you had him in the field, I could mm-hmm. see yeah, this Yeah, the Uncommon where Avengers working. field for free, mm-hmm. but then there's so many other things that you, right. you, you're, you're like, okay, now i got to roll the, the actual Avenger die, mm-hmm. and maybe that'll work... Sure, prepping him next turn, maybe. I, I don't know, but it just seems like a lot of money for, a, you know. You don't a, get a really good return on yeah, it. You, 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 your investment is not is not well thought out there. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't pay off, really. Like, And what are you going to do? You're going to get feel your your avengers i i really hate that paying all costs like don't you think you should get that for free so so this is the problem if it was that for free i could see it not in competitive mind you but yeah. if it was free i could yeah. see it getting some play so in some avengers it, it would work well on an yeah. all avengers team yeah. right yeah so this is the problem that I, I i think we run into often on our rata that cards is there's just that one thing mm-hmm. that we're just like what and it's i think this that. is the paying all costs a portion of this yeah. and there's a basic action that does this teamwork. for any affiliation, right? It was teamwork. No, teamwork or, is plus one. Um, what is it? Uh, call to action or something, something like, that? like that. But it's when you pull another die, and if it shares an affiliation, mm-hmm. you filled it. And then you and, it, and it, then it triggers its team watch ability, right? Uh, okay, so yeah, I'm not too sure about that. I'm not a fan that, of this. I think that's Avengers Assemble. Yeah, Avengers Assemble. Yeah. That's what yeah. it is. Uh, okay, okay. So, but. I don't know. I have thought about playing her with that Nick Fury uh, on a you know a week, just a casual. Are you, are you gonna put well, Hulk on, Are you gonna put the Super Hulk on there? He has an Avengers affiliation on that card too, right? No, yeah. no, he's <laughs> unaffiliated. <laughs> I, I do. Dang hey. it! I was gonna make that work. <laughs> I told you guys, I have that dream about that Hulk. I want to make it work <laughs> with Swarm. It won't work, but you know. You've already you've already put that to rest, haven't you? I know. <laughs> so I, I mean, so what I enjoy about this is if you guys have not seen our errata that articles, um, Mark and Lane, which are a father son combo, they've been listening to the segment and making errata that. And this time we actually gave them the heads up to actually make some custom ones. Um, yeah, Mark and Mark and Lane. Lane actually is kind of the one who has like the big uh, inspiration for it. He really, really liked the segment a lot, and so he was starting to send us more cards. And the first one he did was a was a Spider Man one. The ones that he sent for this, like that, him and Mark's just they were just gold. Yeah, like we, and, and I'd like to mention that you know <laughs> there was heated discussions on these cards that don't even exist. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> we were having the greatest discussions about them. This again, because Dr. J is wrong. <laughs> and I would like to say that I have a combo for one of these that I kind of wish it was <laughs> in existence. So, so, oh, so, so, what was great about it is they actually sent us four cards. So one, you know, two from Mark, two from Lane. One of them being a serious one, and one of them being kind of more of a funny one. I wanted to read you, you guys, the the funny ones. You're going to have to check out the article to find the serious ones yeah. because. You know they're they're actually good, and you'll see why 
Russ and Dr. J were just duking it out. But I, I, I love this. Um, and they, they're even inventing new keywords, so we might see this oh, in future I, sets. This new I keyword is amazing. Died. I love this new keyword. I died when I saw this. So this has the reflection keyword, and it is this occurs when a die is purchased. And the ability is, ask yourself why this card even exists. Purchase and fielding costs are too expensive. Although the die design looks good, fanboys would rather see Invisible Woman, a.k.a. Sue Richards, nay Sue Storm instead. And I think all of us agree with that. <laughs> I agree. Oh my gosh, it was so great. I was sitting there and I was like, oh, that is, these are beautiful. Make, make the four whole again. We don't want the Fantastic Three. We want the Fantastic Four. She's the only one missing. She's the only one missing. Why? Reflection. 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 So many good cards oh out there. Could you, could you imagine what yeah. else could it, that could go on? Yeah, let, just let's be uh, honest. All the Flash. Yeah. We, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Every single one of the Flash cards, Super Rare Hulk, uh, Deck of Many Things, <laughs> like uh, literally every single one of our Arata Vats Anything could have Reflection. Anything that's uh, four cost or more that's just a vanilla card, just a blank card, would get Reflection. reflection. <laughs> like Vixen. The Vixen reflection. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. We already do it, so let's just make it an official keyword. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know what I think is funny about this card is that up until the Age of Ultron set, there were bad super rares, but mm-hmm. there was, I mean, the Flash was was everybody's, you know. Uh, they at least did dumped something. On it, but at least, you know, it was something. But once that came out, it was so bad. It was, oh, it was terrible. Can, can I tell you guys why I own two Captain Universes? So, mm-hmm. so way back in the day, I was like, I need to have everything, right? <laughs> And I, I knew this guy. His name was Russ. And he's like, hey, I got an extra one that I'll trade you. I'm like, okay, sure. Let's trade. I give him it like. It wasn't even an extra because I figured I'd never worry about completing <laughs> sets. This, yeah, this, this changed. Yeah, this, this makes it even worse now, apparently. Um, so I'm, I'm like, okay, so here's my trade binders. I have a page full of super rares at that point. And it's like, uh, will you do it for this red dragon? I'm like, sure. That's like my third one or whatever. I'll, I'll trade you for that. I trade him. Um, and then we get our prize packs. I, I get Age of Ultron. I open it up. First one, super rare Captain Universe. <laughs> How often does that happen to everybody else? Like you, you for, go for a trade. For the record, I said I'd trade you back. I felt really bad. <laughs> well, I, I was like, eh, well, deal's a deal. Um, so yeah, if anybody wants a never played, went straight into my trades binder where there used to be a red dragon, um, Captain Universe. Let I me actually, know. this this card <laughs> is so bad that I actually passed it up in a draft because I was win- playing to win. I was like, oh, I opened up a super rare. Oh, Oh, it's Captain Universe. I think okay, if you're yeah, rare you drafting, go. you still pass it up. Actually, yeah, right? <laughs> I will say I have an extra one, and I think it's selling for f- Wiz or uh, Cool Stuff Inc. buys it for five fifty right now. Ooh. I thought about selling. I can get lunch. <laughs> uh, okay, so here, here's the the other funny one that Lane sent us in, and I, I love this one because the, the flavor in it is great. Oh. When fielded, ask why it's a six-cost crap ability and not a good ability like Super Rare should have because the Hulk from ASM is so much better. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that brings up an, another thing I was trying to say is that th- this card was the original really bad Super Rare, so what did they do with the next Marvel set? They made a worse made one. <laughs> <laughs> sure, why not? Let's just do that. So well, I, I will say that she that she doesn't hurt your field. Once she's there, she's mm-hmm. just kind of there. Holt can hurt you <laughs> if you're not ready to play with it. <laughs> she's just kind of there. She's that neighbor. You're like, ah, don't don't worry about it. I think that'd be great if it was it. just free fielding cost. Like I said, it mm-hmm. wouldn't be a competitive card. But that's all I would ask for the, for an errata is just I don't have to pay all fielding costs. Yeah. 
Get rid of that one line, and that's and that's, that's it. Playable. And it wouldn't be like I said, it wouldn't be competitive. It'd be a fun. But it's definitely want it on your card too. I would. Yeah. I would you definitely I, want it on your uh, Avengers Avengers team. Yeah, mm-hmm. like like if that happened, I would probably take it up. I wouldn't put it on Mr. Freeze level flavored card, but it'd be a little more up there. But I'm like, yeah, that kind of makes sense in how the comic world works. I like the flavor with it. And yeah. I, I wouldn't so. hate it so much, but now I have two of them. Again, anybody want to trade one? Uh, <laughs> so that I was, told you that I was when, when I was opening uh, Age of Ultron packs and I would see that I got a uh, Captain Universe die. I'd be like, oh, no, please, no, no red no. stripe. Please give me a comment. Give me a comment. Give me a comment. <laughs> when I was opening up my uh, ASM feed, and I knew that Hulk was out there. I was like, every time I got a Hulk, I was like, please don't be my super rare. Please don't be my super rare. It's like the one time when you're just like, no, 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 don't, no, red, nope, 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 nope. nope. <laughs> yep. um, so, I don't know. How, uh, we, we've kind of discussed if we just took out that free fielding cost to make it better. Any any other suggestions on how to make it better? I kind of have a suggestion that would be in the, the uh, subtitle, The Enigma Force. Just have some kind of random chance to it, <laughs> you know. So it it, it yeah. could be super powerful, or it could totally yeah. flop. And then on the, you. the ability would be like if you can pronounce this in like two seconds or less, field it for free or something. But yeah. it's like a 10, 10 subtitle word that would never be possible to do. <laughs> if you can if you can completely describe the theory of relativity. <laughs> You may field this dice for free or something like Physicists that. Physicists required to be on present. <laughs> um, so I'm not even going to go around how we can make this worse because I don't want it to be worse. I, um, th- yeah, <laughs> there is no way that you can make this card worse. The only other way you could make this card worse is by making it a seven or eight cost. Or maybe. Or, or, or making s- it so you can only field Avengers named Captain Universe. Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> that would work. I'd say you'd have to pay all fielding costs when active, but I guess you have to do that anyway. <laughs> um, oh, so uh, there, there's a lot that you could do to make this worse, but yeah, yeah so why even go there? Do, what you so, all should do is just keep it, it, keep it in your trade binder and just never look at it again. That's, that's what I do. That's, that's an expensive way to prep a die because I would say, well, at least you get to prep a die, but there's other. Yeah, why didn't Four you mention this in the back from well, in our in our prep there's, area discussion? There's you other cards mentioned. that you can field and prep a die. <laughs> you, you, you didn't mention her in the prep area and discussion. I just why? Why? It's funny. I, I'd be interested in a game if she's on level three, and you were actually playing her. You'd probably rather not roll a character face because if you roll a character face, let's say you pull out a. Hulk or something, you roll a character face, you have to pay the fielding cost, <laughs> which you probably don't have because you've just filled just the Captain <laughs> Universe. Yeah. Whereas if it's an energy, I can put it in my prep area. Yeah. All right, so um, let us know how you guys feel about Super Rare Captain Universe. Um, Do people know that she exists? Uh, That's know. a legitimate question. I don't know, but if somebody wants to trade me for one, I'll I, do. I, I'll even sign it for you because let's be honest, you're not going to play it. I, uh, I, I have a way to make it worse. <laughs> oh. Uh, when, when fielded, you may field the uh, ASM Hulk for free. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. you're really you're really going for the hard like hurt yeah. yourself yeah. strategy yeah. there. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, let us know what you guys think or what erratas you want to see with that. Um, we'll have the article up pretty soon with the actual good abilities and you can debate with us on what sweet combos you could pull off with it because um, I think they're pretty cool. Um, there is an ability on one of those cards uh, that I would actually like to see in the game. Yeah. 
Um, so shoot us an email, um, doubleburst at ktdata.net or on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash doubleburst. Gentlemen, it is always a blast to have you guys here. But yet again, we've gone long and they're about to kick us out, so we must leave. And that's it for this episode of the Double Burst podcast. We would love to hear from you guys. How do you guys use the prep area? Have you discovered something we didn't talk about? Shoot us an email, doubleburst at ktdata.net or leave it on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash doubleburst. Of course, check out doubleburst.com for past episodes, places to subscribe. It's free and cool articles that we post every week. You can find that at doubleburst.com. Big thanks to Game Haven Sandy for giving us a place to record. If you guys live in Utah, make sure you guys head out to their food drive tournament if you're listening to this on release day, of course. And if not, check them out online at yourgamehaven.com. Big thanks to all of you guys who listen. Everybody on the team appreciates it. And until next time, my friends, may your dice rolls be ever in your favor. Thank you.